great. So we were, um, whoa, capo, capo, capo. You know, the capo is here, whoever, whoever's capo that is. You just look for the pedals, then you know which where it needs to go. So we were up north before this, we were talking to this guy, and he was like, oh, hello, baby James. We were talking to this guy, and he was telling us about his, his, his travel plans coming up soon. He's going, he and his wife, he's got, he's got a 67, 67 Mustang California Special absolutely stocked at like less than 50,000 miles on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> this thing is gorgeous. And they're going to drive it to Florida. All right. Why not? And they're going to take three months to go all every which way and then down to Florida. And he was telling me about this, and he was just grinning like a bird bed cat. He was just, just think about that. And, and it ruined my day. <laughs> because him talking about driving to Florida like that, and him just enjoying that, rendered judgment on our trip. Because we flew. same kind of experience. Road cruising, like, oh, he was talking about how he can he just can't wait to get on the road and be out there and watch the scenery go by. And you never, ever hear somebody go, I just can't wait to get on that plane and just sit there and watch the clouds go by. I would love to just spend three months on an airplane. <laughs> you know, the longer the trip, the better. And it's really not about arriving, it's about the flying. Oh, no. no. <laughs> flying is punishment for leaving your home. That's what it is. It's designed as an obstacle to make you impatient and uncomfortable so you'll get on the plane as quickly as possible, off the plane as quickly as possible, so the airlines can make money. Right? To be efficient. But that's not the same as, as the road cruisers. The road cruisers. Blah, blah, blah. Wind blowing through your scalp. <laughs> Across your scalp, right? Like an airfoil, some of us. You know? But even road cruisers have nothing on cruise people. Our, uh, our in laws, my, my in laws, my parents, are cruise ship people. So I call them. I'm going to put quotes around you guys. You're cruise ship people. <laughs> <laughs> you do that with my fingers. It's like, well, cruise ship people. Look, how long are you going to spend on this cruise ship coming? 28 days. 28 days. They're coming up. They're, they're going on a 28. Look at that face. See? <laughs> see, you don't do that. Like, I'm going to spend 28 days on the airplane. You go, oh. But see, they go, I'm going to spend 28 days on the cruise ship. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a fun experience. They arrive on Kauai. They arrive every Thursday morning at 10 o'clock. Every night. They arrive in Honolulu Harbor on the cruise ship at 10 o'clock on Thursday. And you can tell. They are not, they are not the same people coming as, as those coming away from Lihui Airport just a couple of miles away. Lihui <laughs> Airport, actually just like a mile away. They're in a rental car because they're just 
they haven't let go yet. It's <laughs> like rushing in their red Camaro convertible out of the airport. Or in the Jeep convertible. Sometimes it's the Jeep convertible. And the Christian people, they're like, child. <laughs> getting off the cruise ship, going over to the They are so relaxed. They are just chill. And bless you, yeah. Is that from the moment they get on the ship, they really don't have anywhere to go. See, the cruise ship isn't isn't going anywhere. It's kind of meandering and taking excursions. But the people on the cruise ship aren't, hey, let's hurry up and get to New Zealand. From the moment they step up that gangway, they are where they're wanting to be. You see... Cruise ships are, are unique in that they are destinations that are going to destinations. They are, the people on them have arrived where they want to go. The airplane is different. The airplane is something, you, you're not going to go to the airplane. You are enduring the airplane to go where you want to go. But with a cruise ship, you're on the cruise ship. And so you're all just like, job. You know, sometimes you don't even get off, right? You don't even leave the cruise ship. You're on the cruise ship. Like, oh, we're in Barbados. Job. Whatever. Doesn't really matter. They're, they're, they're zen because they're enjoying the ride. They are off there. And this is a kind of a suspended quantum state. They have arrived, yet they are also arriving. You hear that? They have arrived, but they are also arriving. They are there and not there. They are already and not yet at the place that they want to go. Does that make sense? Yes. So they're, they're having fun. So I want us to look at a cruise ship. Shall we? Yeah. Okay, Bibles, Bibles, Bibles. Revelation, all the way to the end. Check. There's 21. Revelation 21. We're going to read a little bit at the beginning, then we're going to skip over some stuff, and then we're going to read a little bit more. Revelation 21, starting verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. Revelation 21, that was verse 1. Verse 2. Now pay attention here. Let's work on this together. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, Coming down out of heaven from God. So where's the new Jerusalem coming from? Heaven. It's coming from? Heaven. From God out of heaven, right? Coming down out of heaven to the new earth. Good? Oh, hi, buddy. Prepared what? As a bride adorned for her husband. Who's the bride who's adorned for the husband? The church, the New Jerusalem. The New Jerusalem is adorned for the husband, and the New Church is, or the, the, the New Jerusalem is the bride. And I heard a voice say, 
Behold, the dwelling of God is with men. He will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. What's that talking about? The church. He shall be with them, and they shall be his people. Emmanuel. That's the whole Emmanuel project, right? And God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And then the Lord says, this is true. Listen to this. And let's drop down to verse, let's see, 9. Then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me saying, Come, I will show you who? The bride, right? The bride. The wife of the Lamb, who's the church. So what came down out of heaven from God? The New Jerusalem, which is? The church, the bride, the wife of the Lamb. We clear? The city is the new Jerusalem, the bride of the Lamb, that comes down out of heaven from God. Clear? Yeah. Really? Scripture's pretty clear. Bride, the wife of the Lamb. And in the Spirit, he carried me away to a great high mountain, showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. And we're going to get to that in a little moment. So this is the bride. If you have any doubts about who the bride is, Turn back to Ephesians, chapter 5. Go to Ephesians, chapter 5. We'll hear this. Ephesians, chapter 5. Always a good thing to review here. Starting at verse 25, we read this during the discipleship thing. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved what? The church. And gave himself up for her. That he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water by the word. Well, with the word. That he might present the church to himself in splendor. That he might present the church to himself in splendor. Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Even so, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no man ever hates his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh." This mystery is a profound one, and I am saying that it refers to <coughs> Christ and the church. The bride and the husband is Christ and the church. In fact, marriage is a picture of Christ and the church. So the church is the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, the bride of the Lamb. <coughs> and what does this bride look like? Let's go back to Revelation. Let's look at this description. Now, this is metaphor. Never metaphor anymore. <coughs> Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And in the Spirit, he carried me away to a great high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. Having the glory of God. What has the glory of God? The church. What has the glory of God? The church. That he might present it to himself 
in splendor, in glory. The church has the glory of God. It's radiance like a most rare jewel. What shines like a rare jewel? The church shines like a rare jewel. What is valuable beyond all things? The church. What is the most expensive thing ever bought in the universe? The church bought with the blood of the Lamb. A rare jewel like jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates. And at the gates, 12 angels. Entrance is guarded to what? The church. What has a great high wall? The church. What has 12 gates? The church. And on on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of the Son of Israel were inscribed. And on the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And on them, the 12 names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. What's the church built on? The 12 apostles. And the heritage of the 12 tribes. That's the church's gates and foundation. And he who talked to me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city and its gates and its walls. The city lies four square. Its length, the same as its breadth. It's a four square church. (laughs) (laughs) See, I preach so that you appreciate Eric and Brad more. (laughs) He measured its wall 144,000 cubits. See, I'm not going to say the church is gross. But, um, 144,000. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. 144. 12 by 12 is gross. Um, by a man's measure, that is an angel's. Oh, I'm sorry. I dropped down. Its length, the same as its breadth, and he measured the city with its rock, with his rod. 12,000 stadia. It's about 1,500 miles. Anybody here know anything about the atmosphere? How, I don't know. What, how, how deep is the atmosphere? How tall is it up there? Like 17 miles to the thick stuff, and then the thin stuff extends maybe 100 miles, right? Something like that? Yes. Um, so, so, we'll just say 100 miles. 1,400 miles beyond the atmosphere of the current world. That's what it'd be. This is massive, monolithic thing. Half the size of the continent wide, half, half the size of the continent tall. Okay, all of, it's the board cube. What is massive and majestic in the world? The church. The wall was built of jasper while the city was pure gold. What's made out of pure gold? The church. The church is pure gold. Clear as glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with every jewel. First jasper, second sapphire, third agate, fourth emerald, fifth onyx, sixth carnelian, seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, ninth topaz, 10th Chrysoprase, 11th Jason, 12th Amethyst. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. What has pearly gates? The church. church. Heaven does not have pearly gates. The church has pearly gates. You walk through the pearly gates to come into the church, whose streets are pure gold, who's on a foundation of absolute rare jewels. 
the church is this valuable jewelry work 1,500 miles tall. Take that. It's this massive thing that God has built in glory throughout the ages to present it to himself in splendor. That's the church. It's not heaven. Have you ever noticed that there's no people living here in this vision? That's because the, this is not where the saints live. This is the saints. The saints don't go here. This is a description of you guys and of me as the people of God. You are pure gold. You are jewels. This is what God has made for himself. You are a majestic sculpture, 1,500 miles tall, made out of jewels, with the glory of God shining through you. And I saw that there was no temple in the city. Right? There's no temple in the city. Why? For its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. Remember? And the dwelling of God shall be with men, with the church. And the city has no need of sun or of moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The church doesn't need Harvard Business School to tell it how to be. The church doesn't need outer influences. It doesn't need science. It doesn't need philosophy. It doesn't need politics. It doesn't need any other light. It has its light, and its light is Jesus. And Jesus lives in the church. And you are the church, and you are pure gold with the light of God shining through you and informing your actions. Amen. <laughs> and baby James, and amen. And baby James. And by its light, the nations shall walk. The nations need the light of the church. We don't follow the world's trends, we set them. And we scrutinize them, and we tell the world whether they are helpful or unhelpful. We don't need the light of psychology, we don't need the light of... You need it. By its light the nations shall walk. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it, and its gates shall never be shut by day. Whose gates are never shut by day? The churches. And there shall be no night there. Where does night never come? To the church. And nothing unclean shall enter it, nor anyone who practices abomination or falsehood, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life are in... The church. And he showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. Where does the river of life flow? In the church. Through the center of the church, from the throne of the Lamb in its midst. The river of life runs right here through you guys. And on either side of the river the, of the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. What is God using to heal the nations? The church. We are God's clinic on earth. This is the picture of the church.
the river of life flowing through it, the Lamb of God dwelling in it, needing no other light, shining always, glorious and tall and majestic. That is God's vision for you. That is the bride that he wants to present to himself. That is who we are going to be when we arrive, but we are already there. That is who we are going to be when we arrive, but we are already there. You are already holy. You are already saints. You are already the church. All these things are true now. They're just going to kind of ramp up and magnify and re-express. You are cruise ship people. From the moment you walked in, you are where you need to be. Now you're going somewhere, and that's going to be fun. But you are already there. And the world wants to tell us that the church is an airplane flight. Just endure it until you get that. Just go into the church and be cramped and be miserable and just like make this make this this time as short as possible. Just get in and make the service. Could you make it an hour? How about 45 minutes? I don't mind sitting there for 30 minutes. 20 minutes is a great time for a church service, perhaps, you know, we could do that for 10 or 15 minutes. <laughs> I told you, four to five hours. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and note how everybody winced, right? <laughs> the church is not something to be endured. We're already there. I think it was Jürgen Moltmann. I'm not sure. Uh, it was a long time ago. Jürgen Moltmann, the, the, the Protestant theologian. I think it's in his book... Uh, the Church and the Power of the Holy Spirit, but I'm not sure. So if I misquote, well, forgive me. Um, but retain the thought. It said, the challenge facing the church is to become who she already is. The challenge facing the church is to become who she is. And the challenge facing us is to live up to this. And not to approach church as being airline passengers, but to be like, job. And we enjoy the excursions along the way. But to really grow up into and live out the fact that the river of life runs through you. The glory of God is in you. You are here. Even though you are not here yet. We are here, even though, even though we are not here yet. This is not an endurance event. We can have fun and say, ciao. <laughs> right? The trick is to live it. Do not wait to be the church. Now, what do we know about heaven? Nothing. <laughs> There's no good description. There's a couple of little imageries dropped by. We know almost nothing about heaven. We don't know. But man, this is pretty glorious now. This is, turn, turn a little bit down further. Verse 12, uh, I'm sorry, verse 14. Uh, let's, no, let's do 12. Behold, this is Jesus speaking. Behold, I am coming, bringing my recompense to repay everyone for what he has done this is Jesus speaking. 22, 12. Verse 13. Yeah. 22, 12? 22, 12. And 13. Now, 22, 13. 22, 12. 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and that they may enter the city by the gates. Because outside are dogs and sorcerers and fornicators and murderers and idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. That is no place in the church. We know that. Verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who is thirsty, come. And let him who desires take the water of life. Without price. Or as Isaiah 55 says, Oh, why do you spend yourself for things that do not satisfy? Come, eat and drink without price. Come. Like Jesus said in John 7, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me. Out of his inmost being will flow rivers of living water. And in the church, one of the things we do as we come to the table. Now we're going to worship for a little bit, yeah? Is that what you guys do? So we're going to worship a little bit, and then you're going to take us to the table? Okay, if you want. Because the Spirit and the Bride say, Come. Come. Awesome. Let's worship. Thank you.